I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Marty Harding. And welcome back to another episode of Animation and Beyond. That's right. This episode, we're talking about an epic children's franchise known as Spy Kids. Yes, which is a spy action comedy series. Yes, and it was fantastic, if I, in my opinion. Highly entertaining, very relatable for kids because the lead characters were kids, which was super fun to see. And at the same time, it was a James Bond-esque thriller action adventure. All now five of them. Yes, and the new one just recently came out on Netflix called Spy Kids Armageddon. That's right. And that came out, what, 11 years after the last Spy Kids movie had come out? 12, actually. 12? So there was a big gap. So this was a highly anticipated and long-awaited movie. Yes, and however, it was five years after an animated series they did based on the films. That's right. So before we get too far into Spy Kids, we're going to do an actor feature on one of the lead actors from Spy Kids, probably the most famous actor to have a large role in any of the Spy Kids movies, and that's Antonio Banderas. Yes, he's a legendary actor who's been nominated for Academy Awards, a Tony Award, and Golden Globes and Primetime Emmys. That's right. His full name, fun fact, is Jose Antonio Dominguez Bandera, but it's shortened to Antonio Banderas for his film credits. And he is from Spain. He was born in Malaga, Spain. English was his second language. I know he, in the Spy Kids films, he plays the dad. He does. And that character is consistent with many of the roles that he plays, though he plays diverse characters, but the consistent energy is someone who is noble, perhaps a little heroic or villainous, very smart and daunting he has these kinds of he has this kind of intensity about him that's kind of carried throughout all of the characters he plays yes and you know he's known for films like philadelphia desperado matador and i know his his most famous for an animated voice would be puss in boots in the shrek franchise and the two puss in boots movies as the title character that's right yeah so the iconic character of puss in boots that's antonio banderas And one of his most recent movies that he acted in was actually the Indiana Jones movie, Dial of Destiny. Right, right, I remember. And also he was in the film Mask of Zorro, and he was in the second Spongebob feature-length film, Spongebob movie Sponge on the Run, as Burger Beard, the pirate. Oh, very fun. So he's played a lot of different roles, but again, intensity is a key theme with Antonio Banderas. And just to provide some background about his acting career, he grew up in Spain, like I mentioned, and went to acting school. And it wasn't until he was noticed by Madonna, the iconic singer, that people kind of took notice of him. I actually read that he was a subject of her affection in a documentary Madonna did about one of her tours. And after that, he started doing some American films in which he had to learn his lines phonetically because he was still learning English. Yeah. So an interesting coming to fame in the United States story for Antonio Banderas. Yeah, I know. That said, he's had a long career in American films as well as Spanish films. And he's probably one of the most widely recognizable actors of his age today. Yeah, I agree. 
Anything else you want to say about Antonio Banderas? He has a great voice and accent. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into talking about this franchise he was a part of. Yes. So the Spy Kids films, which are directed by Robert Rodriguez, are spy action comedy movies, kind of like James Bond or Mission Impossible. That's right. Robert Rodriguez, who created them and directed them, actually called them, at least the first movie, a fusion of Willy Wonka and James Bond. Oh, because of like the kind of weird kind of places. It's a kind of Willy, Won- I mean, Willy Wonka-esque. It's kind of weird and kind of absurd. Definitely. Yeah, some strange places, wacky concepts, as well as the spy theme. Yeah, I know. The the first film, Spy Kids, came out in, in March of 2001, and it was distributed by Dimension Films and produced by Troublemaker Studios, which is now known as Double R Productions. Oh. And in addition to Antonio Banderas starring, we had Carla Gugino, who played his wife and the mother. Alexa Vega played Carmen, the daughter. Daryl Sabara played the son, Junie. Yes, Carmen and Junie, the two main characters. That's right. And then other prominent actors in that first movie were Cheech Marin, Danny Trejo, who we've, who we've talked about on this podcast, and... Tony Shaloub and Robert Patrick played Mr. List, the villain. That's right. So what was the plot of that first movie, Ezra? There's Junie and Carmen, who are siblings, who join a top secret organization of kids who become spies who go on top secret missions. Right, right, right. But they only join that organization after they find out that their parents are spies. Yes, yes. And I remember there were evil silent doppelgangers that looked just like them. Yeah. And sometimes they got themselves mixed up with the doppelgangers. And there were a lot of like weird creatures in that film. Yeah. Weird, creepy creatures. And also really fascinating and whimsical spy contraptions. Yes. And they go on an adventure to save the world from an evil villain. Played by... Robert Patrick. Right. And... One of the big themes of that first movie, which is carried through all of the movies, is this importance of family and looking out for one another. So even though Junie and Carmen, the siblings, fight and bicker a lot throughout the film, which provides some comedic relief, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. They ultimately show that they stand up for each other because they put their family first. Yes. And they learn to get along and work together as a team. (laughs) Definitely. So I will say we even see them bickering in the fourth Spy Kids film. So we know that they never fully stop arguing. Yes. And then the first film came out in 2001 and was considered a success. The film was a hit at the box office and also was critically acclaimed and was well received by critics and audiences alike. I believe it. It's a really fun movie. The second film was Spy Kids 2, Island of the Lost Dreams which came out in August of 2002. And what was the general plot of that one? Judy and Carmen return and they're they're now part of the Spy Kids and organization and, and are secret agents from a top secret organization. Right. So it's formalized that they're spies now. They're not just chasing down their parents like they were in the first one. Yes, and they have rivals who are also siblings who are at first mean to them, but later on become friends. 
I think there was, uh, their names were uh, Gertie and Gary. Initially, they started out as Junie and Carmen's rivals. Before they become friends. Yes, and then they discover an island, a lost world, where there are lost dreams, where there's unusual creatures, like some mixed up hybrid animal creatures. That were created by the wacky scientist Romero, played by Steve Buscemi. Yeah, that's right. And I know there was the villain I remember of the second film, Donegan Giggles. He was the villain of the second movie, who, like, just like the villain of the first film, he reforms at the end. Right. You see that a lot in kids' movies where they don't want to convey the message that someone can be truly evil, but instead opt for the more positive idea that people can change, even if they start out as evil. Yes, I know. I remember the scene also in the second movie when Junie and Carmen go through a cave and find some treasures and try to get to that place and stop that evil villain. And how is the second film received, Ezra? Still positive reviews, but the reviews it were not as high as its predecessor. Understood. Which is, I feel like, common with sequels. Well, in my, although in my opinion, sequels are always better and or just as good. In my personal opinion. Gotcha. So that didn't stop Robert Rodriguez from coming out with a third Spy Kids movie. It came out just a year later. Spy Kids 3D, Game Over, three, which was in 3D and had you had 3D glasses and was also about video games. Yeah, which was a really cool concept for this movie because it was Spy Kids 3, but it was also one of the earlier movies that gave you 3D glasses, which if you remember, they are the red and blue glasses that were used by Real D in theaters all the way up until recently, I believe. Yes. And you got these glasses in the package when you got the DVD. And additionally, when you went to the theaters, you got the glasses so that you could watch the movie in three dimensions. Yes, I know. And technology of 3D films is very different now compared to then. Definitely. But this was the start of it. And that was really exciting, especially that they were using that technology on an action movie like Spy Kids. I know that in, the, in this third installment, Junie goes into a video game world and he goes out to look for his sister, Carmen. Who was stuck on level four of this video game. And he goes out on a mission to save her. Yeah. And then he major character in the film was Junie and Carmen's grandpa. That's right. The grandpa and grandma come into the picture, I think in the first movie, but grandpa is a main character in the third one. And for some reason, this movie really stands out in the Spy Kids franchise. I think it might be that Junie and Carmen are a little bit older, so they're a little bit more developed. They have more agency and authority in what they're doing, and that makes for an even more exciting action-packed adventure as Junie sets off to find his sister in the video game. And Junie and Carmen now have more advanced high-tech suits. Definitely. Yeah, they've been at this spy thing for a while. I know it's a film set in a video game, and it might have been the inspiration for movies in video game worlds, such as Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. But that's a great point. I can totally see the relation, Ezra. Yeah, and I know when the film was released in 2003, the reaction was mixed. How so? Hmm, they thought it was fun and action-packed, but maybe because of the plot, it didn't, it, maybe it was a bit more advanced and compared to the previous two installments. What do you mean advanced? How it was more advanced with its themes and, and the setting. Got it. So maybe they adjusted it to target the real age of the kids who had been following along rather than kids of the same age as the original movies. 
Yeah, because they look different because they were older. They were already like preteens. For sure. Which again, I think made them more relatable to me because I was that age, because I was closer to that age. But for younger kids, it would definitely make it a little harder to watch. Yes. And then there was a fourth film, which came out in 2011. Right. And this fourth one is a pretty big jump in time and introduces a new set of spy kids because Carmen and Junie are all grown up. And they, and they moved on to uh, and they're moved on to other things. Right. There's also a new lead character played by Jessica Alba named Marissa. Right, right. And I know the two main characters are named Rebecca and Cecil. They're like the new generations of spy kids who are like successors to Carmen and Junie. Right. But Carmen and Junie are still featured in the movie as prominent. They're now like top secret agents for OSS. Right. And they're kind of famous within the organization. Yes, I know. And I know this one was a lot more advanced compared to the its predecessor from eight years earlier, because this one was not in 3D, but in 4D. Right. And what did that mean for the movie? How do you make something 4D? A much bigger dimension. Right. So if 2D is you're watching something flat and 3D is that that movie comes out towards you and feels like it's around you, 4D introduces other senses besides the eyes. So that meant that when you watched this movie in theaters, you had something called an aromascope card that had smells and textures from the movie. So you could follow along with the scenes. Like scratch and sniff cards, when the, I know. Yes, and it was similar to Smell-O-Vision they had with old movies from back in the day. Right. Oh, you mentioned OSS, the organization of spies in the Spy Kid franchise. And I just wanted to mention a fun fact about that. What? What is it? OSS are the same initials as the Office of Strategic Services, which was a real organization formed during World War II that eventually evolved into the CIA. Oh, huh, interesting. You know Donegan Giggles? Yeah. He's named after the real-life director of the OSS, William Joseph Donovan. Them saying the villain of the second film. Right. Now, back about the fourth movie, Jessica Alba was in it, who played the stepmother of Rebecca and Cecil. I know, yes. And I know it came out in, in August of 2011. And what was the plot of that one? It's a standalone sequel. It has mostly a different story compared to the previous films. And there's a new generation of spies. And it has a different plot, different characters, although Junie and Carmen are in it, but are now OSS agents and have much smaller roles, unlike the first three films where they were the main characters. Right. And that's where I mentioned they still bicker in the film. They still manage to get into an argument. Yeah, like it's sibling rivalry is a common theme. Yeah, like siblings do. Do you ever bicker with your brothers, Ezra? Ezra has two brothers. Well, I guess I did. And I know a lot of like brothers and sisters even do that today because it's just a common thing with people in general. Definitely. And I'm an older sister, just like Carmen is to Junie. So me and my brother I know have gotten in tiffs similar to the characters in Spy Kids. And I remember finding it quite relatable when I was a kid. I know that this plot of this fourth movie is that the two main characters are Rebecca and Cecil Wilson. And they go on a top secret mission. And they're like the new Spy Kids who are like the successors of Junie and Carmen. When this film was released, it received unfavorable reviews from critics. And I think also was a did underperform at the box office, unlike the previous installments. 
Gotcha. So the delayed fourth movie didn't quite do as well as the original franchise movies. And there was another installment planned, but it later, however, got canceled and the actors are in it were too old to reprise their roles as Rebecca and Cecil, and they moved on to other projects and films. Until? Um, this one, which, which is a reboot. And it came out on September 22nd, right? Just last week? Yes, on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet, but I plan on watching it soon. It's called Spy Kids Armageddon. And Armageddon is a reference to something from the fourth movie, which they describe as the Armageddon Code. You see, and it... It starred Gina Rodriguez and Zachary Levi, who played the parents. Who are spies, once again. And there were new child actors who played Tony and Patty, who were the new spy kids. Right. And this one, it looks like from the trailer, because I haven't seen it yet either, but it looks like it once again kind of involves a video game in real life. Yeah, just like the third movie, but it's a bit more advanced. Right. Like, the video game in this movie is coming into the real world, which involves a lot more complex animation rather than the humans going into a video game world. And there's references to newer, more modern technology and gadgets, which didn't exist like for the first three movies. No, but technology is something that's always fun to play with if you're going to do a spy movie. I mean, you just have to keep pushing the envelope with what you can imagine to be a gadget. I know, and the video game references in this one are way more advanced compared to the third one 20 years ago. Do you mean they're referencing real-life video games? Or yes, and also how the technology of its representation on video games is a lot more advanced compared to how they made the third movie 20 years ago. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Everything about this is a higher quality. Yes, I know. I'm excited to see what they did with the plot. I know. And I read it received mixed to positive reviews, and I'm sure some critics thought it was an improvement over the one from 12 years ago. Gotcha. Yeah, it seems like enough time had passed that a new generation of kids was ready to be introduced to the concept of Spy Kids. And then I'm going to mention that in 2018, there was an animated series called Spy Kids Mission Critical, which again, which once again had Junie and Carmen as the main characters, but it was different because it was entirely animated. Gotcha. And where were kids able to watch the animated series? It was on Netflix, and it had Carmen and Junie, who were again the two main characters with a bunch of new characters. Very fun. And Tango was the code name of Carmen, and Aztec was the code name for Junie. And I remember there were some new characters, like Glitch, who's very tech savvy, and Gablet, and Ace, who was a who was a friend of Junie's, and Glitch was a friend of Carmen's, and the villain was Golden Brain, who's a new villain introduced in that show. Ooh, interesting. Who's plotting on getting his revenge and taking over the world. Wow. So something to mention with all of these things is that Robert Rodriguez has been the consistent creator and overseer of these movies and the show. And one one thing that you'll notice is that he injected some of his personal life into the movies through his Mexican heritage. And while, like I said, Antonio Banderas is from Spain, the themes of the families being Latino are really consistent. And people even speak Spanish in the movies. I know. Interesting. Yeah. And I know there were similar related films to the Spy Kids movies was the 2005 movie, The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl in 3D, which I know had the similar vibes to the Spy Kids films because it was also created by Robert Rodriguez. 
Definitely. And it featured two kids who were, you know, heroes and had all these gadgets and were saving the world. Yeah, I know it was a little bit different. And it did get a standalone legacy sequel in over 15 years later for Netflix called We Can Be Heroes. And how did that one do? Well, surprisingly, that film was better received by critics because the first one did receive unfavorable reviews and was a bit of a flop, but had since then received a cult following from fans. Definitely. I remember loving Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I wanted to be Lava Girl so bad. Hmm. Yeah, cool superhero movie. Yes, it was different from the Spy Kids movies that are spy movies. Definitely. The film and its standalone sequel are, are entirely different movies, but are associated and related because they're created by the same person. Definitely. And you can see the common themes. Yes, I know. Is there anything else you'd like to say about the Spy Kids franchise, Ezra? They're quirky and they're funny and action-packed and cool and high-tech and I think mind-blowing. And I enjoyed those films growing up. And I like that there's a new version, which I'm sure today's kids would enjoy. Me too. I can't help but suspect that when kids see this new Spy Kids movie, they too will start walking around their house looking for toys and objects that could be spyware and gadgets. So they can try to be like those in this movie. Definitely. I know that's what I did when I saw it as a kid. Yeah, me too. And I really like how they kept it alive with a, with another film that came out recently. Me too. All right, let's move on into trivia. We have to answer last episode's question about Tiny Toons. What is the name of the 1992 Tiny Toons TV movie that was released? And the answer is... Tiny Toons, How I Spent My Vacation. I'm guessing it was a vacation-themed movie? Yes, it was, yeah. But with a play on words with the word spent, because there's money that gets spent. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. And it came out in 1992. Very fun. All right, this week's trivia question is about Spy Kids. Which film in the series in the beginning opening scene has a reference to the mascot in the logo which produces these movies? If you think you know the answer, be sure to listen in next episode. Thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation and Beyond. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.